0: It starts with a few lumps of ice floating on the Grey River the week before Christmas, 1607. Over the next fortnight they grow into little icebergs, finally crusting and cementing together, forming a thick and strong surface, filling up the river from Old London Bridge in the east as far as Westminster in the west. Then, say eyewitnesses, the Thames looks like a floor of grey marble, roughly hewn, a strong pavement With the appearance of glass. Boys are the first to venture onto the ice like explorers visiting an unfamiliar land. By and by others are encouraged to join them and suddenly on the 10th of January 1608 the frozen river is covered with tents and booths. Watermen, their usual occupation ferrying people across the river, now impossible, knock in the ice at the river's edge and place boards across the way charging people entry. On the river itself, games like bowling and archery are played and there is dancing and music. There are fruit sellers and shoemakers, tents selling beer and wine and each stall has a fire to warm its customers. There are even barber's shops, so that after the thaw you can tell your friends you once lost your hair between Bankside and the city. The frost fairs were an ancient custom of the Thames, the earliest record is from 1092, when the chronicler Richard de Hoveden recorded how the great streams were congealed in such a manner that they could draw 200 horsemen and carriages over them. Every few decades or so, the Thames would freeze solid, allowing people to pass over it and set up games on the ice. One of the most famous freezes took place in the winter of 1683-1684. to 1684. Illustrations show a wealth of activities and stalls taverns and toy shops, coffee houses, even a lottery, each one distinguished by a sign, their tents laid out in a double line, stretching across the river in one long aisle. That year, one of the most popular attractions was a printing press set up on the river, receiving as many as 200 customers per day. For sixpence you could have your name on a keepsake, printed on the frozen Thames. On the 31st of January the press received a special guest, King Charles II, with his brother Duke James, Queen Catherine and several members of the court in tow. The ticket, printed with their names, survives in the Museum of London with a simple black decorative border. John Evelyn was an eyewitness to the 1684 fair and wrote about the scene in his diary. Coaches plied from Westminster to the temple to and fro as in the streets, sleds sliding with skates. A bull-baiting, horse and coach races, puppet plays and interludes, cooks, tippling and other lewd places, so that it seemed to be a bacchanalian triumph or carnival on the water. Fun on the Thames aside, a freeze this deep caused havoc for the rest of the city. Fuel that was usually brought in via the river could not reach its destination. Meanwhile, farmers from the countryside struggled to reach the city to sell their goods and crops suffered from the frost. In 1611, a chronicler noted that the freeze had killed all the artichokes growing in gardens around London. Shops were left empty and shopkeepers lost their trade. Shortages led to inflated prices, leaving the poor, as always, to suffer the most. In the winter of 1739-40, the river once again froze hard enough for a fair, and in early January an ox was roasted whole on the ice. But the thaw came suddenly. On January the 22nd it was reported that those who lived on the other side of London Bridge looked out of their windows one morning to find the booths there, complete with their trinkets and skittles. Rising river waters had broken up the ice and carried the little icebergs, complete with their huts, under the arches of the bridge. Thankfully on this occasion no lives were lost and most of the valuables were recovered. But the thaw wasn't always so harmless. If it came quickly, people on the ice were taken unawares, creating a stampede as they tried to avoid being washed away. Around eight in the evening on the 15th of January, 1789, the ice began to break, sending the crowds running for the banks. The London Chronicle reported men, beasts, booths, turnabouts, puppet shows all in motion and pouring towards the shore on each side. The watermen at the toll booths pulled up their boards, leaving people to jump for the banks. Those who couldn't leap were left soaked up to their middle. That year the ice was so sharp and powerful that it cut the mooring lines of two vessels, pushing them through the great arch of London Bridge. Papers reported that their masts became tangled up in the balustrades and broken, striking a building and injuring several people. The final fair was in 1814. Once again the familiar booths were set up, paths paved with ashes and there was drinking and music and dancing. On this occasion an elephant was led across the river by Blackfriars Bridge. On the 5th of February came rain and a sudden thaw. The ice cracked and the river filled with the wrecks of booths. Several people were drowned. Never again would the river freeze hard enough for a fair. In 1831, Old London Bridge was taken down, its replacement given fewer and wider arches. The resulting combination of a faster flowing river and more salt water in the tides made a deep freeze less likely. Nowadays, with a deeper and faster flowing river and an ever warming climate, frost fairs look set to remain a thing of the past.